You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, please visit Stonegate.Church. Okay, well, since it is Father's Day, I want to take a, a few minutes this morning to address our dads. And I really just want to remind all of our dads of something that I think as a dad, we are very prone to forget. And here is the thing I want to remind all of our dads of. Dads, you are not just a dad. As a dad, you are a pastor. I just want to remind you of that today. That, that as a dad, you are a pastor. Uh, if you'll go ahead and look at Ephesians chapter 6 with me. We're just going to look at the first uh, four verses of Ephesians 6. And it starts like this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, last week, as we were working through Genesis, we actually got a chance to deal with this particular uh, commandment, the fifth commandment, right? It's number five out of 10 of the 10 commandments. Honor your father and your mother. Uh, mother. Uh, honor is often translated as glory in the Bible. So it's a very similar word. And that word glory means uh, to be weighty, to be heavy. And so we talked about this last week, how to honor someone means uh, to treat them as significant, as somebody that is weighty in your life. Uh, the opposite of honoring someone is to trivialize them, to act as if they don't matter. Uh, so if you want kind of a working definition of the idea of honoring, uh, to honor your parent is this disposition of the heart that treats your parents with obedience, reverence, and gratefulness. Kind of where those three words all kind of coalesce and come together, that's what it means to honor uh, your parents. And uh, again, we talked about this last week in Genesis, how that, that command to honor your parents doesn't disappear with age, right? Uh, Ham was about 100 when he had this moment of dishonoring his dad, Noah. So it doesn't disappear with age. And if you think about those three words on a spectrum, right? Obedience, reverence, and gratefulness. Uh, the younger we are, if we're kind of still within our parents' authority at home, they're paying our bills, all of that, uh, it tends toward the obedience side of that spectrum. As we age beside our parents, it tends toward the reverence and gratefulness side of that spectrum. Now, in light of today's being father, today being father's day, I just want to encourage you again to find one way today to honor your dad. Just ask the Lord for wisdom. What would be one way that I could honor my father? One way to bless my father? One way to treat him as someone who is significant in my life? Weighty in my life. What is one way that I can do that today? And whatever that way is, whatever the Lord leads you to, I just want to make sure you respond to that today and you, you do that today. Now, what I really want to draw our attention to, though, is verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, if you have been around Stonegate for long, you know that one of our distinctives, uh, we just say it this way, parents, pastor. Uh, so what I'm about to say today could be applied to both parents, both the mom and the dad. But I, I want to narrow down the application and I want to allow Ephesians 6.4, kind of like Paul does here, I want to uh, allow it to give shape to the role of a father in the home, the role of a dad. 
So dads, if you're looking at Ephesians 6, 4, here's one of the things uh, it should be producing in you. Just an awareness uh, that just like God gives church pastors, this is what he does for our church family. He gives our church family pastors to shepherd it and to, to lead it and to guide it. Uh, just like he does that for a church family, he has also given your family a pastor. He's given your family, you, a, a dad. This is giving shape to your role in the home. To every father in the room, you are a pastor. You can think of it this way. You are pastor dad. Now, I, I think anytime we say something like that, I, I think it's good to step back and just ask the question. Do those clothes feel comfortable on me? I am pastor dad. That's the role that God has given me within our family context. In, in this dynamic, I am pastor dad. Do those clothes fit for you? Are they comfortable for you? Is that the way you see your role and what God has called you to in the family? If you're seeing your role as something less than that, then you are not seeing what God has made a father. What God has called a father, a dad to be in the home. You are pastor dad. That, that is who the Lord has made you inside of your home. Now, this passage gives shape to that calling as a dad or as a pastor. As a pastor, dads are to be disciple makers. That, that's what this passage is showing us. That as a pastor, dads are disciple makers. God's bestowed upon every father one of the greatest privileges that I can imagine. God has given you a son or a daughter. And then he's looked at you and he's called you to bring them up. To disciple them in Jesus so that they know the Lord. They love the Lord. They're, they're ready to lean in to the life that God has given them. God has called you to bring them up like that. To disciple. And then he shows us some of the tools that we have at our disposal. He gives us a warning. Don't provoke your kids to anger. And then he gives us the tools in, in the tool belt to help bring up our kids. He says here, fathers, bring them up in discipline. Dads disciple with discipline. Bring them up in discipline. Now, when you think about that word discipline in this text, that is the reactive side of parenting, the corrective side. It's like all of life is happening. And when you're living life with your kids, there's plenty that they're doing that lack wisdom. And so you're acting, you're shaping, you're speaking into what you're seeing. It's, it's that reactive side, that corrective side of parenting. Can you imagine with me for a moment, if a kid came out of the womb, a little baby came out of the womb, and in 30 minutes they were full-grown adults, they would be monsters. They would be monsters, wouldn't they? Think about a baby 30 minutes after they're born. A baby doesn't think about other people. A baby doesn't think about what a mom wants, what a dad wants, what a sibling might want, what anyone else wants. A baby is obsessed about what they want, right? It doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m. If they're hungry, they're going to cry until somebody comes in there and fixes the problem, right? Now, parents, that doesn't just go away in the life of a kid. God has inserted you into their life to bring discipline to help that go away in the life of your kid. 
Discipline is one form of discipleship. And if, if a parent refuses discipline, they are refusing to disciple their child. This is one form, this is one tool that God has given you to help bring up your kid, to disciple your kid. Maybe you could think of it this way. Learning to follow parents is the way children learn how to follow the Lord. See, you see the connection? God has put them in your home under your leadership to learn how to follow you so that one day your leadership will be removed, his will come over their life, and they will know what it looks like to follow him. That, that's why the Lord gives children parents. They learn how to follow the parents so that they will then know how to follow the Lord. This is why it's so important for, for every parent to cultivate obedience in the life of their kids. By teaching your kids to joyfully and immediately follow your teaching, to follow you, you are teaching them to joyfully and, and, and immediately follow the Lord. Right? It's by learning obedience to you that they're learning obedience in the future to the Lord. So this is one tool the Lord has given us to disciple our kids. Discipline. Discipline is one form of discipleship. But it's not the only tool. Dads also disciple with instruction. With instruction. Uh, look at it there in verse 4 again. Fathers, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, instruction is proactive. It's the proactive side of parenting. It is proactively teaching and equipping your kids in all the areas of life that they need to be equipped in. Instruction is proactively passing along a, a vision of God, a love for God, and a mission for their life. It's helping them see what life the Lord has given them and, and to lean into that life the Lord has given them. Proactive. It's instruction. So pl play this game with me. Just do this little mental project for a moment with me. Um, if you're a parent and you've got kids still in the home, so they're, they're, they haven't graduated high school yet, just do the math uh, real briefly on how many years you have left before they leave your house, before they leave the house, before they go off to college, do whatever the next step is, is going to be. Because, you know, it, it is sobering to think as a parent that the vast majority of our forming work will be done the moment they walk out of the house. The moment they venture into the next season of their life, the vast majority, I don't know, 90, 95% of that forming work that God has called you to, that proactive instruction, the, the vast majority of that will be behind you once they leave the house. So just do that mental project. How many, how many years are left? So uh, Hannah is our oldest. She is going into the eighth grade, which means we have five years left with Hannah. Now, just to kind of bring this down into a... Uh, a more bite-sized portion, go ahead and multiply whatever those years are you have left times 12. So for Hannah, that I have 60 months left with Hannah. 60 months. Okay, now take that number, whatever, the, how many months that is, put it here. Now let's work on this side of the ledger. I want you to think for a moment of all the conversations that need to happen between you and your son or daughter before they leave. So I've got 60 months left. What, what conversations still need to happen with Hannah before she leaves the house? Just make that mental list of those conversations that, that need to happen. If she is going to be equipped, your son or daughter is going to be equipped to lean into to life, the, the life that God's given. What, what conversations need to happen about Jesus? What conversations need to happen about money, about sexuality, 
about pornography, about technology, about how to study and read the Bible, about dating, about marriage, about friendship, about work ethic, about you just name the, the hundreds, hundreds of conversations that need to happen. S 60 months, here, here are the conversations that need to happen. Things that need to be passed down to them before they leave the house. 60 months, all the skills that need to be passed down. Think about all the things that you would like for your kids to know about themselves, to see about themselves before they leave the house. Like what they're good at, what they're not very good at. The, the unique ways they're wired, the unique giftings the Lord's put about themselves. And God is looking at dads and saying, I want you to be a proactive participant in this, instructing them. I have them in your house so that you will lean into all of those conversations. And I just want to give friendly encouragement. I think most parents wait way too long to engage in the whole breadth of those conversations. The longer you wait to engage in the whole smorgasbord of them, all of those conversations, the longer you wait, the one else will do the discipling for you. Like one of their seventh or eighth grade friends. That, that's scary, isn't it? I don't want them doing the discipling in those areas uh, for, for my kiddos, right? So I just want to encourage you to lean into those conversations as soon as you can, way before you think they're needed. That you lean into them so that you can be the shaping and forming voice around those things. So just however many months you have, all of those conversations, all those skills that need to be passed down, all the things you want them to see about themselves, all the memories you want to make, this many months, all of that. This is one way that we bring our kids up, is we are intentional. We are proactive about doing all of that instructing that the Lord has set before us. Dads, this is what God has called you to be. That sort of a voice in your kids' lives. This is what God is calling you to do. I mean, as a church, we're just cheering you on in that. We want to do everything we can to encourage you down that road, cheer you on down that road. As pastors, dads are disciple makers. And one more thing before we wrap this part of the service up. I just want to remind all of our dads that as pastors in your homes, your voice, a dad's voice, is much bigger than most dads believe it to be. I, I've just so found this to be true over the years that most dads have no idea how big, influential, important their voice is in the life of their children. I wanna read an extended paragraph out of a book called Father Hunger. And I think this paragraph is so true and it gives some sobriety to the importance of every father's voice. He says it this way. It says, most boys growing up need to be taught their strength. As when they are horsing around with their younger siblings, they are bigger, stronger, and much more influential, let it say, than they think they are. But the need for teaching this lesson doesn't disappear when boys get past the horsing around stage. In their families, men are much more important, crucial, and influential than they believe themselves to be. 
He goes on. It's the easiest thing in the world for a man to grow up, get married, have kids, and still think of himself the way he did when he was a boy. Man, I, I just want you to, to listen to that. It is so easy for you to get married, have kids, and look in the mirror and still think of yourself as a seventh grader. It is so easy to do that. Just failing to see you're not that anymore. No, God has made you a dad. And as a dad, your voice is outsized in its influence and importance. It is outsized in its importance. It is crucial in the life of your kids. He goes on. Words of reassurance offered or withheld are monumental in a child's growth. Words of encouragement or exhortation or patient teaching are the same. When a child has grown up under the devastation of unremitting harshness or the devastation of neglect, the one thing a father may not say is that it just wasn't that big of a deal. Of course it was a big deal. Fathers, this is such a sobering thing to consider. By, by the Lord's grace, your kids will, will end up saying and reciting the Lord's Prayer all of their life. And do you remember the first two words of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father. Those are the first two words of the Lord's Prayer. And every time your son or daughter prays that prayer and starts with those two words, they are going to feel something deep down in their bones. And what they feel when they utter those two words, our Father, will have been put there by you. I mean, it, it's a sobering thing to consider that my kids, my kids will know, did know me as Father way before they knew God as Father. And what they knew of me shaped how they thought and saw God. And that is true for every dad. Your children will know you as father long before they know God as father. And what they see in you, what they experience with you, what they just sort of absorb from being around you is going to have a massive shaping effect in how they see God. Maybe you could think about it this way. Your fathering, and dad, let's just own this. Your fathering is teaching them about God's fathering. It's either saying true things about God's fathering or false things about God's fathering. But the one thing about your fathering and my fathering that could never be true is that it's not teaching. It is always teaching. It's always saying something about God's fathering. He goes on, the last part of that paragraph. Fathers are speaking about God the Father constantly. They do not have the option of shutting up. What they are saying may be true or false, but they are not in a position where they can refuse to say anything. A father who just sits and stares. A father who is down at the office all the time. A father who deserts the family. All of them are speaking. Every one of them is saying something all the time. 
A father who teaches his son to swing a bat. A father who listens to his daughter explain why Peter Rabbit should have obeyed. A father who kisses their mom on the lips. A father who reads for hours to the family in the evening. All of them are speaking to. Every dad has a huge voice, and that huge voice is being heard, like it or not. And, and what I'm just pleading with every father, every dad in the room to do today is just to use that God-given voice for God's purposes, to bring up your child in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, for you to use that voice to pastor and to shepherd. When I think about our church family, so much of our hopes as a church family really revolves around Boys growing up into men, those men growing into wonderful pastors, pastors who take responsibility in the home, who recognize their distinct voice that God has gifted them with in the home, and then are using that voice to shepherd their family, to show them what life under the leadership of God is like. Guys, so much of our hopes as a church are staked right there in our men walking into that. Now, let me just give you this final encouragement for all of our men. If you're a dad, you're a father. To do this does not mean that you need to be a perfect man. There are no perfect men other than Jesus. Amen? So it doesn't mean that you need to be a perfect man. It just, needs to mean, it just it means that you need to be a repenting man. A man who is seeing and owning his sin often and just day in, day out receiving the grace of God in that very place where it matters most. So this is not a call for any of us to be perfect. It's just where we are right now, we, we can be repenting men, just stumbling forward in our pastoring of our family. That's, that's what we're after. That's what the Lord is calling us to. And we as a church family are cheering you on in that God has made you and gifted you for this moment to step into the life of your family in this way. So with that said, I would love for all of our fathers, every father in the room, to go ahead and stand up there where you are. All of our dads. And just go ahead and stay standing there for a moment. Why don't we start just by giving these men a round of applause just to be able to honor them today. And now I would love for us to take a minute to pray for them. So if you are around them, maybe uh, you're a spouse or maybe your kids around them, you just feel free to lay your hands on them and you can just pray right along with me. Just praying for your dad, asking the Lord to empower your dad, to fill him with the spirit in a way where he could step into your life in a way that would be so good for you. So let's pray for our dads. Father, we love and are so grateful for the men who make up our church family. Father, would you bless them today? Would you honor them today? Would you pour grace into their life today? Father, would you make them wonderful pastors? Men who have deep integrity, men of character, men who are repenting often, men who take responsibility, 
men who recognize the importance of their voice in their home? Would you make them encouraging men? Father, would you make them good disciple makers? Would you give them vision for what their life next to their kid could look like? Father, Father, with sobriety, would you let them look at the months they have left, all the conversations that need to be platformed, and would you give them an eagerness, a proactivity, and an intentionality in stepping into that? Father, bless them today. Father, for our dads in the room who, and they've just got some prodigals, and today just brings up a lot of deep wounds. They just have a bleeding heart today. God, you see them. Would you bless them today, encourage them today? For all of our dads who have kids that are outside of the home now, that season of parenting has passed. God, would you give them wisdom and help as they're now that influential voice in their son and daughter's lives? Would you give them wisdom as they relate to their kids? Help as they relate to their kids. And so, Father, we honor our dads today. And it's in the good name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's give one more round of applause to these men.